Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. So uh, Tracy and I, most of you have met my wife, Tracy, if you've not, she's definitely the better half by far, but we have become fans of uh, online shopping. You know, you, you make your order online, you go, you park, you call the number, they bring it out to your car. Whew, I don't know what took so long to create that, but that is awesome, okay? Very, very good thing. We love that. The week of the gas shortage, um, I get a phone call from Tracy. She called me and said, hey, I went and picked up the groceries. We live about 20 minutes out. Um, she said, I went to pick up the groceries. I, I drove home, and as I pulled up in the driveway, they called. Miss Moore, we're so sorry. We only gave you half your groceries. And so, you know, I'm 10 minutes from the grocery store, I, from here to Kroger. I'm not that far, you know. And so I said, oh, I'll go, and I'll go, and I'll, I'll pick them up. And I'm thinking, this is the week of the gas shortage. This is not a great job, you know, a great time to be doing this, you know. Uh, and so I go, and I, I pick up, and we get home, and we get another phone call. Miss Moore, we only gave you half of those groceries. And I'm thinking, how in the world do you mess this? One, listen, one mistake I get, but this is not like uh, inconvenient. This is anti-convenient. I mean, and now we, there's, I mean, there's gas stations that, that are closing. I think, how do you do this? Well, I, I, never, I didn't express that with them, but the, the manager actually called Tracy and said, Miss Moore, I want to apologize. I've been on vacation. And here's what she said. Um, I've been on vacation, and we just got sideways here. We just basically, they forgot their business, and, and they got sideways. You know, sometimes the church can get sideways. Sometimes the church can, can get sideways, and sometimes the church, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the church office and the church leadership. I'm talking about all of us. We, we can all do it. And I'm not just talking about Easter. I'm talking about the church in the world. Sometimes we can get sideways, and sometimes we can forget our business. Now, we started this series. We're wrapping up Witness today, and we started this series with Acts 1.8, and you'll see it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and he says, yeah, and you will be my witnesses. Get this, God is saying, through Christ, of course, but he's saying this, you will receive power, this Holy Spirit power, and you will be my witnesses all over the world. It's going to start there in Jerusalem, and it's going to spread out, and it's spread all the way to here, and it's to keep spreading. But God's intent and God's design by God's power is that we would be witnesses, that the church would be witnesses. That is our business, is to take the name of Jesus to, to camp. Take the name of Jesus to, to Kroger. Take the name of Jesus to the school. Take the name of Jesus to our homes to be witnesses wherever we may go. But we can make the business of the church everything but being witnesses. This guy can. Sometimes we can make the business of the church Bible study. 
And listen, Bible study is important. I got to sit in at the end of Sammy's class this past Tuesday. But Bible study is important and it's excellent. And we should be in the Scriptures, but that's not our business. Serving is important. If we're going to reach 90,000 people here in Noon County, it's going to take everyone serving. But you know what? And as much as we've been commanded to serve and Jesus set the example in serving, man, that is not the business. Ministering to the sick. Taking care of the orphans. Visiting those in jail. All biblical, all need to be done. But it's not our business. It's not our, our mission. There, there's one mission and, and all the things I've talked about. Yeah, we ought to be doing those things. But what happened is we will do those things at the exclusion of the mission. We'll do those things at the exclusion of being a witness. And listen, I believe in all the things I've talked about. But sometimes we can get sideways and forget the mission. And what's happening is countless numbers of people are going to hell by the second that don't know Jesus. I'm reading through Eric Metastas' Bonhoeffer right now. I'm actually listening to it on Audible. And if you know anything about Bonhoeffer, you know, in the, uh, the last century, theologian, preacher, prophet, and even spy. That's sort of the title of the book because he was on a mission to, to assassinate Hitler. This preacher and theologian, because he could not stand what he was one doing in Germany, but mainly the execution of the Jews, the, the what he was doing to the Jews. And so I'm listening to this book, and I had to replay it a bunch of times because I wanted to get this right. And he says, while this may not have been exactly what Bonhoeffer said, he did say this. He said, real faith, which is the path to God, it requires muscle and sinew and then sometimes even blood as it would Bonhoeffer who was executed by Hitler because of a plot, to, a plot to assassinate Hitler because of his evil leadership and especially the murder of the Jewish people. All of it depends on the historical and viscous blood of God himself enduring the agony on a Roman cross. And here's what he says. So to sit praying while Jews go by in boxcars to death camps and to do no more than pray is to mock God who is not fooled by counterfeit obedience. Should the church be a praying church? Yes, and even grow in that. But to do no more than pray for the lost. To, to do no more than pray that people get saved. I do not want to be guilty of this counterfeit obedience, and I don't want to be guilty of mocking God, because here's what I know, whether I wear the title of pastor or not, the moment Jesus saved me at 19, I became part of Acts 1-8. I became one of the witnesses 
to tell others about Jesus. You became, when you confessed Christ as Lord and Savior, Acts 1-8 fell upon you as your mission, as your life mission. Now, will you be involved in other ministries? Yes, as they support that mission. Our mission is to be witnesses through the power of prayer. And by our example, but especially our words. So here's the truth. Here's the truth. We always have opportunities to be a witness. We always have opportunities to be a witness. Whether you're going to Cracker Barrel after this, or you're going to El Charo, which is way too early to eat El Charo if you leave it as soon as service is over. But we always have opportunities to be witnesses. Now, here's what I'm going to do really fast. I'm going to fly through the last few chapters of Acts. Okay, this covers five years and eight chapters of, of Paul. So I'm going to fly through this, but we're going to wrap up this series. Now, Paul's been arrested for preaching Jesus, and here's my tension with this whole series when we started it back, uh, you know, 12 weeks ago. Here's been my whole tension. All we hear about is Paul, and all we hear about, you know, is Mark, and all we hear about is Peter, and we, we hear about them sharing the gospel and, and thousands even getting saved. My tension is this. That's not how the gospel message spread only. Okay, that's not, but it gives the impression that only preachers and theologians and, and, or apostles are the ones that share the gospel. Uh, from the story of Christianity, um, this comes, uh, this is said, the missionary task was undertaken not only by Paul and others whose names are known, Barnabas, Mark, etc., <clears throat> excuse me, but also by countless and nameless Christians who went from place to place, taking with them their faith and their witness. Some of these, like Paul, they traveled as missionaries. They were impelled by their faith, compelled by their faith. Mostly these nameless Christians were merchants, slaves, and others who just traveled for various reasons, but whose travel provided them an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus, to share what Jesus had done. So listen, we, we, collectively, we, the church, God's plan to, to share the gospel with people, we can be witnesses to everyone in day-to-day -day living, all right? Paul's traveling to Jerusalem. He stops. He's able to meet with the elders uh, from the church at Ephesus, and here's what it says. He says this, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the works assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let me say this. Let me tell you this. Paul's arrested. All he knows in the verse prior to this, this is what he knows. He said, all I know that's waiting on me is this. The Holy Spirit tells me that there's going to be jail and there's going to be suffering. There's going to be jail and there's going to be suffering. But here's what he says. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the works assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Now, what does that look like on a day-to-day -day living? Hey, I'm going to invite um, Holden Hall up, and I'm going to interview Holden because Holden has a, a great story about a friend of his named Jesus who recently uh, got... Don't stand too close because they'll see how short I am, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> you can come back over here. Um, so anyway, Jesus, um, all of a sudden I start seeing Jesus around the church. Uh, Y'all show up at my house. Jesus in the front seat of the car, and, um, and I will say this. Uh, Jesus is spelled like Jesus. 
So every time I see, I would see Jesus, he goes, hey, I'm Jesus, like Jesus. You know, that's what he would say to me. But uh, really a neat kid. But um, so what happened was recently, Jesus, was, was he spending the night at your house or? Uh, it was after house church. He, uh, he came over and we were talking, yeah. All right, so I get a, I think Nathan told me this. My son Nathan, he's friends with Holden. I let, I let Nathan hang out with anybody. But anyway, he's friends, <laughs> he's friends. Uh, I, I think maybe you texted him and said, hey, Jesus just got saved. But it looked like Jesus just got saved via text. But, but anyway, so what I want to do is just, because it was a great picture of day-to-day living. So, so tell me how y'all met. Tell me how you and Jesus met. Yeah, so uh, my friend Gavin actually was uh, bringing him to school because they lived close, and Jesus didn't have a ride. Um, and so I met him in the school parking lot. He's a uh, 5'6 Colombian ball of energy who doesn't speak English. English. Um, and so he was, he was a lot. But Real, um, real quick. Yeah. Doesn't speak English. And he came to faith in Jesus. I'm just want, I want to I want you to hear well, this. He, he does speak English. But I know, not but super well. Yeah. I know, but yeah, even yeah, that barrier yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So he was. Yeah. Like I said, five, six, never met a stranger. Um, and so he was a lot, but uh, very, very joyful. Um, really cool kid. So, OK. Yeah. So who invited him to church? So he, uh, it's kind of, it was actually really all of us. He, um, he was actually hanging out with another one of my friends, Erickson, um, and they came to the point, uh, I think, a few weeks after that. Um, and so he rode with Erickson, and then he, he was always catching rides with everybody. So everybody in the youth group has given him a ride, um, talked to him. And so Erickson actually brought him to church. Gavin had been bringing him to school and introduced him to everyone, but Erickson brought him to church. Okay. So, so tell me about this. So because this is... It's not like an individual. So tell me names of all who hung out together. Like, yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, so it's me. There's Gavin. There's Nathan. There's Gracie, Renee, Josh, um, Laney. There's, there's so many of us. Just it was. I mean, honestly, it was mostly youth group. He's not. Um, you know, he, he likes to talk to people. And so uh, pretty much everybody's had a good conversation with him. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's really kind of been involved um, with all that. Yeah. All right. Well, because of COVID, my memory's foggy. So um, how long has he been hanging out? Like when did, when did this start happening? When, he, when, so, did, when did he show up on the scene? So yeah. So he started, uh, Gavin started giving him a ride to school this year. Um, and so because before then, yeah, yeah. So uh, he he moved houses, and so he couldn't ride the bus anymore. So Gavin started bringing him, um, you know, about around around January um, or so. And so um, then he's always with Gavin because Gavin lives near him. And so Gavin took him home. And so wherever Gavin went, Jesus went. And okay. so Jesus started hanging us hanging out with us a lot then. Yeah. So around February, March, that's probably about when school went back in. So y'all became friends. Now I want you to walk us through. So y'all had house church. And then he came over to your house. So walk us through that evening. Yeah, so we had house church uh, at the Osborne's um, on Floyd Street. And my house is on Carnage Street, so it's real close. So we ended up walking back home um, and just talking. And uh, so we, we were just kind of talking, like, how you been, all that stuff. Um, and then after that, we got home, and uh, a bunch of people from house church had come over and were hanging out. Um, and so I went to the bathroom and I came out and he was like crying on the couch and I was like, Hey Zeus, what's up? And so we actually went into my brother's room, um, and we were sitting on the bed and he was just like, I just don't, I don't like who I am right now. Um, he said like, he doesn't enjoy doing the things that he does and he, he feels this emptiness and he doesn't feel this purpose and this happiness. 
um, that he used to feel when he went to church as a young kid in Columbia. Um, and so I just kind of started talking to him about that. Um, and slowly, uh, this was before I knew about Romans Road, but um, I started walking him through Romans, essentially. Um, I think I used three out of the five. Um, but, I mean, that's just the Holy Spirit working through me. Um, and so we were, yeah, so we started talking, um, and I was just like, because he grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school. Um, and so I was unsure of his uh, salvation and baptism and stuff. And so we ended up talking, and he said that he didn't feel like he had actually gotten saved. Um, and so we kind of walked through Romans Road um, and just kind of, we started talking. And I was like, all right, Jesus, like, do, you want, do you want this right now? And he, said, he was like, yes, more than anything right now. Um, and so we kneeled and stood on the bed, and I said, just repeat after me. And I didn't know exactly what to say, but, I mean, it was the Holy Spirit talking through me, and I was just like, I, I, God, I need you in my life. I understand what I've done wrong. I want you to be Lord and Savior over my life. Um, and, <laughs> and so he prayed that, and um, he stood up and was crying and gave me a hug, and then uh, we walked out. Um, into the living room, and everyone, a lot of people from house church, that group I mentioned, um, they were all sitting in there, and I was like, hey, Jesus, like, tell him, and he was just like the happiest kid in the world, um, just like in between smiling, laughing, crying, um, just telling everyone like what God had done in his life, what conversations we had, um, so it was, it was really great to see. That's awesome, and you felt you did it perfectly? No, absolutely no. <laughs> not. <laughs> Yeah, it was messy right. and yeah, yeah, awesome. Hey, I want you to watch this video real quick. Watch this. Holy, are you good, man? Good. Yeah, so I was going to ask you a few questions. Um, Jesus, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God? Yes. Do you, do you confess that He is Lord and Savior over your life? Yeah. All right, there we go. <laughs> you confess your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, man. Hey, will y'all just uh, give Holden a hand? Thank you, sir. I love that Charlie Brown Snoopy t-shirt, man. That's awesome. Listen, that's day-to-day. Day-to-day living, getting a ride to school, becoming part of a friend group, invited to church, going to house church, here's the gospel over and over and over, and he's, there's a friend that's available. Available. A lot of times it just takes us being available. So listen, you and I, can we can be a witness to everyone day-to-day living, but also in defending our faith. And I, I'm going to start flying through this, okay? I'm going to fly through this. But you, it's day-to-day living, but you've got an opportunity to defend your faith because somebody's going to ask you one day, why, why do you believe in Jesus? Listen, Paul said this, God has protected me right up to this present time. Again, he's under arrest and he's suffering, so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. And then he's challenged. And you know what he does? He shared his story. Paul shared his story about how on the Damascus Road he came to faith in Jesus. I want to tell you something. You're, you're going to be challenged. And somebody's going to say, well, why do you believe in Jesus? And, and, and maybe like, like Holden, you can remember some of the Scriptures. You can't remember all the Scriptures. But I'll tell you what you can remember. You got your story when you came to Jesus. Paul told a story when he came to faith in Jesus. 
And you can tell your story. I, I remember my story. And y'all have heard it a lot, but I was a, a lost kid that, that grew up in church. And I go to a friend's house. He's washing the dishes. And he takes me through the Roman road. And he may have only got three out of five of the verses. But all I know is, is this man who's got soap on his hands leading me in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ. And I was a kid that had no joy, who had joy, who couldn't find the meaning of life, who, who had purpose of life, who had no hope whatsoever and didn't see him living past five more years. All of a sudden, I had hope and I have this changed life. That's what Jesus did in me. What was it like when you got saved? Do you remember? Do you remember what Jesus did for you? Or maybe you were like me. You grew up in church. And you just assumed you were in. But there was no decision time. There was, there was no time of, of believing that Jesus is the Christ or the Son of the living God. There, there was no confessing him with, with, your, with your mouth that he is Lord. There was no believing that, that God raised him from the dead. But for those of you who do remember, and tell your story. And tell your story. And so we can, we can be a witness to everyone by defending our faith. And we can be a witness to everyone in difficult times. Paul, they're shipwrecked, okay? Everybody's scared to death. They're going to be lost at sea. And he says, so take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. Paul knew that he was going to go to Rome. Paul knew that. And he knew because of the Scriptures from the Old Testament that God is faithful. And he had seen that in his own life. He knew that this would not end in death. Now, you may not be shipwrecked, but your life may feel wrecked. You, you may not have had a Gilligan's Island experience, and for all of those that are really young, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But we all know pain. We all know what pain feels like. And that's why it's like Paul. It's so important to know the Word of God so that you can be confident in God's Word when everything around you seems so uncertain. And then you can face each day, no matter what happens with the power of God and the love of God and the mind of God, you, you can face each day expecting Jesus to do something in that day, wondering what He will do. But too often, we want to get out of our pain and our suffering. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, God, release us from this, and God, heal this. But it's often our pain and our suffering that's the greatest testimony to the grace and, and power of Jesus. Because the one thing we can all relate to is pain. Everyone can do this. Our pain is often God's greatest platform for us to display His grace and talk about His goodness. Imagine Paul 
who in the first two-thirds of Acts gets saved. It's going to be a messenger. It's going to proclaim Christ. He's thinking, maybe he's imagining he's just going to be a preacher for Jesus, and <clears throat> he's a prisoner for Jesus. This is what he says in Acts 28, 30, 31, verse 31. Boldly proclaim in the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus. That was Paul's mission. Whether he was in chains, whether he's shipwrecked, whether he's preaching to those in jail, whether he's on the shore of a river telling people about Jesus. That's what Paul was going to boldly proclaim the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. As we wrap this up, God can use your past and God can use your present suffering to bring other people to Jesus. And the reason is, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how great the economy is, no matter who the president is, the church's mission is always be a witness for Jesus Christ. We can't get sideways. And if we do get sideways, we can't stay sideways. We can't forget our mission. I'm going to invite the band up, and I want to remind you of this. We always have opportunities to be a witness to everyone. We always have opportunities to be a witness to everyone. That is why you are shaped the way you're shaped. That is why you're going through what you're going through. That is why you work where you work, because we always have opportunities to be witness to everyone. Now, we just didn't walk through Acts the last 12 weeks to show you what happened. We walked through Acts the last 12 weeks to show you what could happen. Can you imagine Newton County experiencing what, what Jerusalem and, and what Israel and what Ephesus and all these places experienced? This can still happen. So weeks ago, weeks ago, we wrote our names down. And, 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 and listen, new names have, have been popping up in the baskets every week. And so new names are being um, put on the cross. So we've been ending our service, well, not ending with prayer, but we've been praying for these lost souls. And what's awesome is more than them are getting saved. And, and listen, that's phenomenal. So today what I want to do, I want to invite you to come down front and, and pray with me as I join me in prayer for these people. But then also this, pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. Pray that the, each person in the church will be bold. That they will be a witness. They'll, they'll share their story. Because we have opportunities surrounding us. Day to day, difficult times, does not matter, defending our faith. We always have an opportunity to be a witness. And so in just a second, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'd love for you to join me in this. But maybe you're the one. Maybe when Kurt invited someone to be baptized, you realize, you know what? I can't get baptized because I've, I've never confessed Jesus. I tell you, at the end of the service, there's going to be people down front and they would love to talk to you. But church, 
Can we join together? And if you're able to come down front, come down front. If not, stay in your chair and pray with us. But let's pray for these people and let's pray that church would be bold. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.